Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Send the Sports Betting Network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. We welcome you back here. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's draft season. Indianapolis is the focus right now. The NFL Draft Combine. Joe DeLeon is going to join us. Believe Network NFL Draft Analysts. He's got his mock-up. You can go check it out. Also, the podcast for Joe is called The First Team. I encourage you to download that. You can find Joe on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. We say hi to Joe. Now, I have to start it this way. You've got your latest first-round mock-out. Is this what Joe believes teams are going to do, or is this your scouting on what you think they should do? This is a little more on what I think they should be doing. I I feel like we're so early on in this process that there's going to be just a ton of rumors thrown out there, and we're already starting to see this. In Indianapolis, this happens every single year with everything that's going on at high velocity and the JW Marriott bar all the bar chatter that starts to build up, there's going to be all these rumors. So it's a little too early for me to sit here and try to decipher what the expectation is going to be for some of these teams. I tried to project my best on what I think a lot of these teams do need to be doing in order to take that next step. And a lot of these things are going to fluctuate and change after the combine. And then especially after free agency as more big name players are going to end up getting let go. Well, Joe, as you know, and this is a fertile quarterback draft, we're going to get to the quarterbacks in a second here. And Joe is headed to the combine here this week. But let me ask you, let's start with who's the best player, regardless of position in the combine. Excuse me. in the draft. Yeah. Best player overall for me, it's, it's a tie between Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that it's so rare to be in this position where we can talk about two guys in this potential all pro trajectory early on in their careers. We've never seen two guys this talented at both their positions uh, come out. Usually there's maybe like one blue chip guy, but we saw Brock Bowers, who is going to be a very gifted athlete in the NFL, who's going to test in the, in the high four fours, low four fives is just very vertically explosive in and out of cuts. And then the biggest thing is he's so much more well-rounded than a guy like Kyle Pitts, who went super early a few years ago to the Atlanta Falcons out of the university of Florida, because Brock Bauer shows a willingness and intent to block. And he showed improvement in his blocking effort and his capabilities. I think he is a season or two away from being the most well-rounded and physically dominant tight end in the NFL. And then, as I mentioned, 
Marvin Harrison Jr., there are way too many people right now that are trying to play this game of, well, oh, I think that Malik Neighbors uh, should be in the conversation with Marvin Harrison Jr. Some have even brought up Roma Dunze. I see a, a very rare athlete at six foot four, 200 pounds, who expected not to test at the combine, but shows everything that you look for in an X receiver in the NFL. He can go up and high point the football. He is going to run in the four threes at his pro day if he does give us that time. And he is somebody who gets in and out of his breaks so easily. This is one of the few instances that we can say this player will step into the NFL and he will be in a thousand yard receiver, regardless of the team that he goes to, regardless of the situation. He is a supreme talent that everybody needs to stop overthinking. Yeah, he his dad was pretty good, Hall of Famer, and he's four inches taller and sturdier than his father. So I think the Marvin Harrison Jr. player, I think it could work out. Now, Joe D. Leon joins us, believe you've got quarterbacks going one, two, three. You've got Caleb going one to Chicago, so that answers the fields question. You've got Washington selecting Jaden Daniels, and you have New England selecting Drake May out of North Carolina. Let's start with Drake May, because you're going to hear a ton of conversation when you get to the draft. You've already heard it on social. There are people that are split right down the middle on May. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I'm very in on what Drake May brings to the table as an NFL quarterback. We always do this. There's always one quarterback every cycle that we get super focused on and we either build him up or we completely tear him down. And I think about what happened last cycle with CJ Stroud. All these questions were brought into place on just completely ridiculous things. Oh, his S2 score wasn't great. It's a little slow to make decisions. Is this guy going to work out in the NFL? And then uh, another guy that comes to mind is Justin Herbert. You get all the the nonsense of saying, like, does this guy have leadership capabilities? He's so quiet. Is that really what, what I'm worried about when I'm making that pick that early on? Both have been tremendously talented players thus far. C.J. Stroud after just one year. And I think that Drake May, it fits into that bucket and has a lot of similarities in traits of just being a natural thrower of the football. He is somebody who is going to be able to throw off script, off schedule, off platform. He is going to be able to find and make those plays. I think the most important thing that always gets overlooked with quarterback talent is the playmaking ability. Does he make a lot of mistakes and did he make mistakes because he's a young football player? Absolutely. He, he's only been playing at the college level for two years as a full-time starter, but does he show this rare ability to make plays that not a lot of guys in the NFL can do? Absolutely. And that's why I think that Drake may is going to be uh, that third quarterback that eventually proves everybody wrong. Because he went to North Carolina, the easy comp would be obviously Mitchell Trubisky. You have him graded much higher than Trubisky when Trubisky was coming out. Yeah, Tr- Trubisky was a different circumstance because of the lack of quarterback talent in that class. There's also a big difference here where he was only a starter for one year at North Carolina. That decision was very risky. I think it gets risky when we try to draft guys that were only starters for one year because there's not enough of a sample size to know how they're going to handle themselves in a wide range of situations. I just think that Drake may is far more natural. And when we talked about Mitch Trubisky, it was a lot of this guy has the traits, but we need to find a way to unlock it. And that the mental side of the game wasn't really there, but the mental issue showed up for Trubisky. I don't think that that shows up as much for Drake may. Jody Leone, Believe Network. He's got his draft out. Go check it out. The podcast, The First Team. If you told me a few years back we'd have a Jaden Daniels conversation when I watched him at Arizona State going two overall, I'd say you were crazy. I love the player now. 
You've got them two to Washington. Why? So to to add to that, uh, I, I have probably a, an even colder take and thought on on Jane Daniels. I, I threatened to uh, to eat a hat if he ends up going in the first round at the start of the college season. And, and I uh, I've been held accountable by LSU fans. My co-host on one of my shows, my college football show, uh, has held me accountable on that. But uh, Jane Daniels fitting in Washington makes a lot of sense because he is such a playmaker. Their offensive line is really weak, and he is somebody who oft you know, whenever there's pressure in his face, he's going to be athletic enough to pick up those extra plays of those, the extra yardage. He is just a tremendous athlete. I'm disappointed that we're not going to get to see him test because he would potentially set some records for his athletic testing because he is so gifted, uh, almost a Lamar Jackson esque athlete that he brings to this, this position, the quarterback position. But the one thing that I do worry a little bit about Jane Daniels that uh, needs to be talked about is his frame. It's a very thin player. That normally doesn't get really brought up when we're talking about quarterback prospects, if we're projecting and hoping that he adds weight, kind of like with Bryce Young, but the way that he plays the position so aggressively and the fact that he's always fighting for extra yards and he takes the most brutal hits, it's all over his film. There has to be a little bit of a fear that he can stay fully healthy early on in his career because taking a hit in college is not the same animal as taking a hit in the NFL. Joe, this quarterback, Caleb Williams, we won't see him in Indianapolis. You've got him going one to the Bears. Let's talk perspective and historic. Like since 2012 with Andrew Luck, how would you compare as far as a prospect Williams? And do you have him at one with a bullet over the other two quarterbacks? Yes, I think that Caleb Williams is just a very rare player for the position. And I know I'm saying that with a lot of the prospects in this class, but it's a very talented class at the top that we've got a quarterback who can throw the ball across the field, cross body without having his, his feet planted underneath him. He can make some ridiculous throws all over the field. And for some reason throughout this process, we're already starting to get various analysts criticizing the fact that he is so unscripted in the way that he plays the position. But at the end of the day, being able to make those plays without a script and, and improvise that is important in the modern NFL, especially with the talent at the edge position for a lot of these teams. I, I would say, I don't know if it's a clear head above and a, a huge amount of separation between him and uh, Jaden Daniels and Drake may, I would say they're close, but I can say pretty confidently that Caleb Williams, if he hits the ground running early, he could be a very, very good player in the NFL for a very long time. There is uh, MVP level potential for a guy like this. There does need to be some refinement, but we all see it. What he could bring, especially if he's on a team that does not have a lot of good weapons and a developing offensive line like the Chicago bears. Yeah. Just like his team at USC. He did a lot with nothing, Joe. I'm going to throw three quarterbacks at you. And I just want you to hit me with where you think they should be drafted. As far as round, we'll start with JJ McCarthy. Second round, I, I'm really not in on the J.J. McCarthy hype train. There is a lot of arguments to be made for him because you see big, strong, powerful kid who can throw on the run and, and was a really nice staple in the play-action game for Michigan. But I, I'm very worried that when a lot was put on his shoulders and he was the sole decision-maker and the sole reason why a, a play happened or didn't happen – 
He made a lot of mistakes. I, I keep coming back to something as ridiculous as the Rose Bowl, where he's just trying to throw the ball away and he nearly gets picked mm-hmm. off by Caleb Downs. Something like that can't happen in the NFL. And obviously you want to coach that out of him, but it just reminds me of Daniel Jones and uh, how he just doesn't have that, that mental capacity, that natural instinct to make the right decision, despite having all the physical tools. That's why I would not take JJ McCarthy until the second round. And I would not put him into a situation uh, unless he has an opportunity and time to sit and develop. Beautiful. 30 seconds. Penix Jr., the round for you, Joe. Uh, second round as well. Injuries are too significant for me to overcome. And I think that we're going to hear a lot this week during the combine. Um, but he is just so gifted as a deep ball thrower. And finally, Bo Nix. Give me a round. Uh, middle of the first round, if not early second. Ooh. Quick decision maker. Ball gets out quick. But he is a, a quality quarterback prospect. We'll do this again when you get back from Indy. Joe D. Leone did a great job. Believe Network NFL Draft Analyst, the podcast, the first team. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. We're coming back. Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher on VSIN, the sports betting network. Brand new VSIN.com. And speaking of which, managing editor Adam Burke coming up on the program in 44 minutes. But look, the new website, fresh new look, enhanced navigation, mobile first fo- focus, and the functionality is much improved. We've got our expanded educational content there. We have Tyler Shoemaker from VSIN.com with a family vid coming up here in just a bit. 
I encourage you to check it out. If you're not a VEASAN pro, that will become, if you become a VEASAN pro, trust me, VEASAN.com will become part of your regular routine, but you can go check it out right now. And while you're there, why not sign up to become uh, and receive our daily newsletter from Bill AD? Just go to VEASAN.com slash newsletter. But VEASAN.com, they did a hell of a job. Speaking of which, eh, we'll hold on to Tyler Shoemaker. Here's what I want to do. I want to have a conversation, and Dustin came up with this idea. He loves burnt toast. Eh, let me clarify as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. That's Dustin Sweetelson. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. He, he loves a meme. Why don't we, we'll show the meme, and then we'll get into the running back conversation. So Dustin loves to post this on social media and then say, which one are you? And so for those listening on the radio, we've got six pieces of toast. F is burnt. E is less burnt. D is less burnt. C is less burnt. B is not burnt at all. And then A is just a piece of bread. Okay? That gives you context. Now, we're going to have a conversation about running backs. I don't value the position. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to those that play the position, but I'll give you an example. Think about who wins the Super Bowl and who the running back is. Pacheco, seventh rounder. Also, somebody got paid last year. Do you remember who signed a three-year, $42 million extension last year at the running back position? I see you Googling. You no, can just I, take a guess. I don't remember off the top of my head. Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis oh, yeah. Colts. Do you know who the leading rusher for the Colts was? Zach Moss. Zach Moss. <laughs> Why would you pay a running back? Not necessarily pay him in a vacuum. I'm fine with you paying somebody for a year. You want to rent a running back? Go ahead and rent one. But why would you ever wrap up any of your cap for three years and Jonathan Taylor when Zach Moss can do the same thing? That's the question. I'm not trying to. Every time I talk about running backs and the devaluation of the position, People get bitter and people say, yeah, but it depends on the player. No, that's the point. It doesn't depend on the player. <laughs> um, it doesn't. I'm pretty sure. LeGarrette, Have you heard of LeGarrette Blount? Yeah. Because LeGarrette Blount won Super Bowls with a couple of different teams Two. as their rusher. He okay? was the leading rusher in the Super Bowl for those teams. Yeah. It, it does. It, when people make the simplistic argument of, yeah, but it depends on the player, Bijan Robinson. No, no, it doesn't. When people make the simplistic argument, I would have taken Saquon Barkley number two overall. Well, why is he a part of this conversation a couple of years later? Because you shouldn't be wasting capital. You want to throw at me Jameer Gibbs? Okay, bit of an anomaly. Also has maybe the best play caller in the league calling plays for him and utilizing him. Plus, you got a lot out of David Montgomery as well. I'm not saying I don't want Jameer Gibbs on my team. I'm just saying that asset could have used could have been used differently. Again, the Colts got put in a corner, just like the Cowboys. Remember when Zeke Elliott went to Cabo Wabo and held the whole entire organization hostage and they signed him before the year because Jerry Jones assumed this is for you, John Goulet, that that was a Super Bowl winning team. So they gave him a fat deal and he came back fat from Cabo and went on to be a guy that was just, you know, a guy. And Tony Pollard was the one with actual speed that year. You don't pay running backs. I'm sorry. However, the running back market is absolutely fertile this year. So what we're going to do is bring up the market from DraftKings, and we're going to decide, are they burnt toast, are they toast, or are they just bread? Did I set that up correctly? Yeah, pretty much. What do they have left in the tank? Like, how toast is their career right now? What level A through F here? And tweet us at VEASAN Live, at The Rap Radio, at Dustin Sweetelson. We can make it interactive here. I would say for running backs, so one thing that one pro comment for them. If if a team is this close to a Super Bowl, 
and they just need a more like elite piece to the run game, I can justify paying a running back. But if you're building a team, you are not building around a running back. The running back is the last thing you are adding to that roster. So let's begin with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, big time acquisition here. Going to go to a contender. He's going to change the way the run game looks for maybe, what, a year, two? Definitely not three at this point in his career. Right now over at DraftKings, the Ravens are the favorite to nab Derrick Henry this free agent offseason cycle at plus 110. The Cowboys at plus 450. Dolphins 10 to 1 tie with the Texans and the Titans. My question for you, Patrick Maher. Derrick Henry, what level of toast is he? Well, he's a bit of a freak. So if the sixth or F is burnt toast, I'm going to put him on that really nice, crispy, uh, maybe towards the burnt side of the toast because his yards per his yards per rush has gone down the last three years. Uh, four years back with his was his peak where he went absolutely nuts, but he's 30 years old, and 30 is the key for running backs as far as age, where they start to fall off a cliff. Now, he might be an anomaly, and he did rush for last year 1167 on 280 attempts. He's had seasons where he's had over 400 attempts, so it, he's been used a lot, but he's a freak, and he's a big dude, and I do like him for a year. Now, as an aside about Henry, if you're going to bring him in, you got to use him specifically because he's not much of a pass no. catcher. Now, he can catch the ball, but he's not much of a pass catcher, so it's going to be a very traditional run game. If that's what the Ravens want to do, he's plus 110 at DraftKings to go to the Ravens. I'm fine with it, and I'm fine with it this way. Give him a one-year deal for $10 million and say that's a wrap. Yeah, overpay for one. That way it gives him what he wants. I, I, I agree. Hey, look, if his hands were any good, he'd be a tight end at that size. And we talk yeah. about pitch counts with, like, pitchers in baseball. He's taken a lot of hard hits over the years. At some point, that accumulates and, and then catches up with a guy. Uh, but I, I still do like Derrick Henry for one, two years. I agree. Uh, I think the Ravens are good there, but I think there's a better free agent prospect that fits what the Ravens want to do with that offense. Wait, can we throw up the toast real quick? You guys, uh, I apologize. I know you got to rotate them. But throw up the toast because I want to give you what I think Derrick Henry is right. He's E. You think he's E? He's not burnt. Oh. He's not perfect, which is D. Oh, you think D's he's perfect? E. I think C's fine. perfect. Fine, you want to say C. I don't want to have a food conversation. <laughs> you want to say C, that's fine. Uh, if C is perfect, then he's D. If D is perfect toast, then he's E. He's not in his prime, but he's not burnt, Dustin. Yeah, he's for me, he's between D and E. I would lean on that left side of E that's not quite as dark. Like you said, that, that right side of E is getting closer and closer to burnt. I do agree. It's the last legs, but there's enough there to help a contender get over the hump. Yeah, 100%. Who's next? Next one, Saquon Barkley. Market for him is fascinating. A couple days ago, the Giants were the favorite to bring him back. Then the report comes out. Report comes out that they were not going to franchise him uh, this upcoming season. And things flipped a little bit. Uh, guys, it's number 250. And Saquon Barkley, right now the favorite to get him is... That should not be what it is. Maybe it is. It is still the Giants. Never mind. I thought it flipped. That someone else was now the favorite. It is actually the Giants still, which doesn't make sense to me. Why not? They did say today at the Combine, Joel Sh uh, your boy Shine or 
whatever his name is, the GM, was asked, and they said they could still use a franchise tag on him. He just turned 27 years old. He was plagued with offense. The offense was terrible last year due to the quarterback, due to offensive line issues outside of the left tackle, a disaster. So a lot was asked of him. I'm not a Saquon guy, but he's certainly versatile as far as a dual threat. Uh, See, I just I think it's a bad fit. I think it's a bad fit for what the Giants are doing. I think if they bring him back, it's a desperation move to save their jobs, the front office and Brian Dable. It's the only reason they're bringing him back because they're so reliant on overusing him in the offense. And I just think you got to open things up and, and catch up with today's NFL and push the ball downfield more. All of their explosive plays were dump-offs to him, runs to him. They're so reliant on him, and he is not a reliable player. I think the Texans, I love the Chargers as an option here, 4-1, to one, to go out and add Saquon Barkley to Justin Herbert. He's an upgrade over Austin Eckler. Won't be asked to carry the burden like he is in New York, and I think that's part of the problem with Saquon. Yes, he's injury-prone, but they use him so much, that's why he gets injured so much. You take him to the Chargers, I think they could find a way with that passing game to lighten the load for him and, and let him be the best running back he could possibly be. Because he's a 27-year-old, he's going to require a three-year deal. I'd be skeptical because he's always injured. Always. Who's next? The next one's Josh Jacobs. And I haven't seen an update in the last like 48 hours on what's going on with them and the Raiders. It feels like he's a guy for Antonio Pierce. They declined his fifth-year option, I do believe. Yeah, and Antonio Pierce seemed to like him and feed him the rock. He kept having quotes about that. My question is, who else is paying Josh Jacobs? He led the league in rushing a couple years ago. He's a really good player. But for Josh Jacobs' sake and the Raiders' sake, what's the point of him being there? Because you can just focus on stopping him when they have no passing game at the moment. You know what I want in a running back? And he's a very good natural runner. I, I know this is going to, you're going to say I'm crazy. And he's not burnt toast, Josh Jacobs. But I'd like my running back to be fast. Josh Jacobs is super slow. I don't want anything to do with Josh Jacobs. So why, so why would I? And why, that is a 1995 running back that we're looking at right there. No offense. He was used heavily last couple of years ago when he led the league in rushing. And that took a lot off him because last year, what did he run for 805 yards? Yeah. And he didn't finish the season. Like there was a plethora of running backs getting carries. The kid white out of Georgia was the lead back towards the end of the year. There it is. Look at the toast. It was just up there. He's not burnt. He's just, well, he's Josh Jacobs. He's, 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 he's D. He's definitely D. The GOAT, Mike Randall next, FTN. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher on VSIN, the sports betting network. I spy a goat. Randall's coming up. FTN, of course. But first, let you know, you can sign up right now for a yearly subscription and become a VEASAN Pro for $199 instead of the typical price, which is $240. Use the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, and you get everything. If Randall sends us plays, it's going to be in there. If Fezzik sends plays, it's going to be in there. Gable, in there. The big guy, in there. Plus, you get the guides, you get the splits, you get systems, everything. But don't forget to use the promo code SHARP so you can get a discount. vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up. We got you back here, Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, Dustin Sweetelson. It's a Tuesday on Sharp Money. It, that means it's time for the GOAT. Mike Randall, FTN, Network Chief Content Officer at Randall Rant. We're going to talk some college hoops. We got a bob. We got a bobblehead? What's that, Randall? 
We did. Uh, Chiefs bobblehead. That was the uh, thrilling Super Bowl party with my parents who are approaching 80. That was the big exciting moment we had there. The Patrick Mahomes bobblehead because my mom says he's cute. Thank you very much, Mom. <laughs> Good job, Mom. Um, well, you and I were having a brief discussion about the pandemic, and I've got mm -hmm. couples going through divorces. But I want to ask you, as somebody that's built a career around sports, maybe you were still a superintendent at the time. I'm a big horse racing guy. So during the pandemic, I was able to continue to bet because remember, that was the only sport going. Horse racing continued. Maybe some Japanese baseball. Japanese. But how did Randall make it through the pandemic without sports betting? Uh, uh, two things. Number one, Japanese baseball was a little bit of an, uh, a little dilution to that, but really it became a household games guys. So we just channel the competition to Uno. We channel the competition to chess. We did not have the ping pong table at that time. Uh, we, we did a little poker with the kids. That's totally corrupting them. I don't care. Uh, yeah, that's what we did. We, we channeled <laughs> to games of skill and chance at home, connect four with a little trash talk, of course. What you do, guys, is when you're trash talking your kids in Connect Four, just rest the chip when you know you're going to win. Don't put it down and have them guess where it's supposed to go. That's <laughs> and then you stand up, you pound the table, and you say, that's called greatness. No, what you do, yeah, well, that one I do is, and I go, that's enough. And you walk away, you get something, and they go, what, what? I don't see it. I go, you will eventually. You just leave the room. You go sit down somewhere Oh, really? Oh, so almost like dismissive, like just disrespect yeah, yes. and walk away. Uh, yes, and I wonder I wonder why my daughter and son are the way they are. But yes, I, we have to, <laughs> guys, stay genuine. I want to be genuine. We should tell our political leaders to be like this. Just be who you are, right? And that's what it is. Just leave it on top and go, all right, we're all done here. I'll see you later. Let's be honest. Your kids are the way they are because of you, not because of your wife. She sounds normal. No, my wife, okay. sweetheart, kind woman. Yes, I've, I've corrupted them. No doubt. 100%. So Houston sitting atop the AP rankings. Are you cool with it? Yeah, I am. Houston, guys, is a problem, especially on a neutral court. I think they are the safest team from an early round upset because you cannot simulate their defense. And I'll go one step further. If you're going to be Houston, you sure as hell are not beating them on the second game of the weekend. So you're going to have to prepare for someone else on a Thursday, let's say, and then come back in one day and prepare for Houston. Good night. The way you're getting Houston is you're certainly not getting them on the first round. So the way somebody's knocking out Houston is in that one verse eight, nine game. Because if you don't get them there, good luck, folks, because they're really tough to play against. Of course, they can have an off-shooting night or have injuries like they had last year. But it's just I love watching games with Houston because Kelvin Sampson literally has drills on how to rebound off free throws. Like, who goes to that level of detail? And they do it willingly. And they do it passionately. And that's why they're the best, as well as Jamal Shedd being a first-team All-American. Oh, Shed's the best. Shed's the toughest dude in the country. And and it's also, Samson's such a great coach. If he just stayed off the text messages, he still might be at Indiana. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, sure. they just, they can't shoot free throws, yet they turn you over so much and are so tenacious that they just make up for it. He is, he is such a good coach. Yeah, they're, they're like Virginia, except Virginia can't force any turnovers and can't score. <laughs> That's the difference. Virginia can't make free throws either. I got a cover against Virginia because they have 111 from the free throw line last week. Guys, if you play the way Virginia and Houston does, you have to make your free throws. So that could come back to bite them, Patrick, but they are so good defensively. You cannot simulate what they do. That's why they disrupt you so much. It reminds me of like a bizarro version of Loyola Marymount back in the 80s where it was so hard. Remember, they made a run, I believe, to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 when God rest his soul, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball were there. So they're unique. 
They're unique in what they do. And the most important thing, guys, it doesn't matter. Teaching, car mechanic, lawyer, sports, be true to who you are. That's it. Kelvin Sampson is, and they're buying in. Life lessons. Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer for your betting and fantasy needs. Go check it out. Randall Rant on Twitter. I want to talk about the best league in the country since we were talking about Houston. Let's talk about the Big 12. Baylor beats TCU. Last night is two and a half point dogs. Here's who I have in. Here's who I have should be in and work to do. I've got Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, BYU, Texas Tech in. So I've got six so far. Then Oklahoma, you can tell me. I said should be in. TCU should be in. Texas is a mystery to me. And then we've got Kansas State and we've got Cincinnati. Help me with this league. Yeah, very simple. Texas should not be in. I, I've been fading Texas the entire year. And listen, this is not nothing against them. What I like about Texas is last year, under Rodney Terry, they had a magic ride. They were fantastic. They started strong. There was a whole problem with Beard. He came on, did a great job. But what you see, guys, is sometimes their second year, which is really their first full year, there's an adjustment period. This Texas team has had no momentum. They've lost five of their last eight games up and down. Yes, they've had some wins, but they've been primarily at home. They're just inconsistent. And tonight they're going against Texas Tech. That's another bad spot. So I think they should be out. But if you look at the rest of the league, and I had them on my big board, I agree with you. I would put Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor, automatic. Texas Tech is in. I do think TCU is in. And I think BYU is in. Although I will tell you, a win tonight against Kansas would really lock it. And I like Oklahoma as well. I have Kansas State, Texas, Cincinnati, those other teams. They are not going to make it for me right now. So right now we're looking, what, six, seven, maybe eight teams from the Big 12. Yep. But you're not getting more than that. That's where I would draw the line. But I like Oklahoma. I like Porter Mosier. And that was a big win against Oklahoma State. They needed that on Saturday. Oh, with the buzzer beater. Yep. You can't be losing to Oklahoma State in that spot. Now, yep. Cincinnati at Houston tonight. They can build their resume, Cincinnati, but it's an impossible spot. And the Fertitta Center, it's 13 and a half. I know it's not an official play. Do you want to give a take on that one? 130 and a half on the total. Yeah, it's a loser leaves town match. Houston isn't leaving, but Cincinnati could be out of town when this one is over. Listen, Cincinnati has been tough in certain spots on the road. I was impressed with West Miller. I feel like they're playing over their head. Guys, the teams that came in the Big 12 this year, I thought would struggle, and they really haven't for the most part. But they did get an away win at Texas Tech. They did get an away win at BYU. They did get an away win at UCF, which is why I kept this one off the card, because I kind of think they can keep this one close. They are great on the boards as well, which you have to be against Houston. I just question their offense. It's a big number. You can talk to Dustin. Big numbers have not been doing well later in the year because teams are playing slower and games are closer. However, it was a stay away for me. Houston at home is like the Hulk gift. They just smash you back and forth. But it's also a desperation spot for Cincinnati. If I had to make a pick and my kid's life was on the line, I would lay the points with Houston at home. I think they pull away late. But I don't think they get dominated early because Cincinnati needs this game. They've lost four of their last five. This could make their season and put them right back on the bubble. So they're going to bring best effort and they can match them on the boards. Big number, Sweetelson. At the D in Vegas, Randall hanging out in Jersey, absolutely living the dream. Let's go to the ACC. North Carolina held on 13 point faves against your boy Larinaga. And my RJ Davis went nuts, had 42. So North Carolina's in, Duke is in. I've got Clemson in. Anything else? Not only is Clemson in, they're a problem, Patrick. I think they are a sleep. I can't wait for those odds to come out with that bracket. 
they could absolutely be the team that makes the run to the Final Four that no one talks about. They've had some big wins. They've beaten Alabama on the road. This is a very quality team. I know Brad Brommel is about as sexy as a rock, but it's still a team that has power. They can shoot threes. You have the big man inside Hall who's been tremendous. Carolina's in. Duke is in. Clemson in it. Virginia's in, but they're going to lose in the first round. They're god-awful. They will not keep Virginia out of this tournament unless they absolutely collapse down the stretch. And the team that I think helped themselves was Wake Forest. Wake Forest has a great style of play. They have no bad losses in quad three or four and finally got the big win against Duke. But all we talk about is court storming, right? So I think Wake Forest is in. Duke, North Carolina, Clemson. I think Virginia finds a way in, although I wish they don't get in because I don't think they deserve it this year. Tony Bennett's a great coach. They just don't deserve it. So I see five from the ACC. Randall, out of nowhere, from the clouds, calling a coach sexy as a rock. I mean, he has been there for a lot. Like, if you look up, he's been there forever. And all of a sudden now, like, he's got a pretty special team. They won at North Carolina as well. It's a good Clemson team. Patrick, don't give me the Purple Eleven Hall of Fame longevity equals greatness argument. I don't want to hear it. Bromel's been there for a while. They haven't done much. That's the problem. He needs a big game here. He's always on the hot seat. They should be doing more with him. And he hasn't won and gotten past significant games. But he could make a run to the Elite Eight, and no one's talking about him. Six plays from the GOAT. Mike Randall coming back. College hoops tonight. Never, ever do you want your wife to describe you as being sexy as a rock. Certainly, Mrs. Randall would never. We're back here. Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, DraftKings, of course, this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, a new customer can get just five bucks deposit, a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet if your first bet loses. A great deal from DraftKings. Download the app, use the promo code VSIN, V S I N, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. We're joined by the GOAT, Mike Randall, FTN, Network Chief Content Officer. They've got a great college basketball show every Saturday as well on YouTube. I encourage you to check it out. At Randall Rant on Twitter. We were talking about Richard Patino losing to Air Force at the pit over the weekend. But how about his dad? So essentially, he rips the university. He rips the players that he brought to St. John's. And then on Saturday, my man is posted up like a pimp. White, top to bottom, white shoes for Rick Patino. And his team goes out and runs Creighton off the wood. I got to be honest, I know he's a crazy narcissist. I loved everything about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I did as well. Look, I've had a lot worse said to me as a high school basketball player than that. But things get perceived in the public a different way. Patino nailed it, Patrick. I can't say those things now. It was to motivate my kids. He took a couple shots. What's wrong with taking shots? I take more shots at my son in ping pong. But everyone blew it out of proportion. It's fine. But he motivated them. And guys, I am just shocked that the Pillsbury Doughboy of college basketball, Creighton, somehow found a way to gag it after they don't make 55 million threes like they did at home against Connecticut. Great job by Patino. His kids are fine. He's motivating them. He loves them. He was just saying they're slow. And he was great with his comment. Nikola Jokic is a slow defender. Is that insulting? But he was right. He was trying to motivate them. And I think his own interview with John Fanta, he said, I want them to hate losing as much as I hate losing. He's right. And it was a great win. And who knows? Listen, the games in the net are going to only count as home games for them at Madison Square Garden, the Big East tournament. So they really need to win a semifinal game to get a quad one win. But would anybody be surprised if St. John's won the Big East tournament? I would not. He's got him on the right path. It was a big one. Mike Randall, let's get to the picks. Kentucky's at Mississippi State tonight. Mississippi State's up to four and a half. Kentucky out of no, I mean, the offense is incredible, but 111 on Bama. Bama's got to tighten up away from Tuscaloosa. That's another story. What do you got tonight with Kentucky and Mississippi State? It's very simple. For all you people out there looking at this game, it's a line of demarcation. Are you telling me that Kentucky has fixed all their defensive problems and that John Calipari, the let's go coach that he is, who really doesn't get into X's and O's and is more about matchups and motivation, that he finally found the right combination. Because if you believe that and you think the defense is ready to go, then you take them in this spot getting four and a half against Mississippi State. I do not. I was not surprised that they gagged it against LSU. LSU came all the way back. You're going to say it was a close game. They were crushing that game. Their defense has not been solved. Mississippi State really doing a great job under Chris Jans here. Lost the first game 90 to 77. That's when big man Tulu Smith had just come back. They got killed on the boards. They allowed 26 defensive rebounds to Kentucky. Mississippi State controls the pace tonight. Mississippi State gets a win. They're a dangerous team. They're one of our favorite teams per FTN simulation models to actually win the conference tournament because we feel that they have value. People are overlooking them. They want this matchup. They want revenge. Kentucky has not solved the defensive problems. Tonight, Starkville, Mississippi State gets the win and they cover. Boy, you are down on Calipari. Did you ever run in with him back in the day at UMass? 
No, I, I just got Patrick. We we saw him two thirds of the year not be able to solve the defensive problems. We saw that. So now we've all of a sudden solved them. Great, he won at Auburn because Calipari beats Pearl, who beats Barnes, who beats Calipari. Right, I got the whole circle. But they they haven't solved the defensive problems. Normally they have no offense. This year the offense is superior. They're a fantastic three point shooting team, but they haven't tied a knot in the jock strap and played tough defense. And that's what you have to do in this game against Chris Jans. I don't think they're going to do it. What a game tonight for you and Mrs. Randall. Wake Forest at Notre Dame. We're going to take a look at the total set at 133. What are you doing here, Randall? Yeah, we have one of our biggest edges here. The first edge we had, uh, which was 15%. Anytime you have a double-digit edge here at FTM per our models, you're going to hammer it. We had an under 156 on Kentucky, Mississippi State. I talked about that. The second biggest edge we have is over 133 in this matchup here for Wake Forest and Notre Dame. I'm going to tell you why. You know Notre Dame scores points. They hung a ton of points on Virginia. They shoot well at home. Wake Forest wants to get up and down the court. I don't think Wake Forest is going to slow down Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to put up points, and I don't buy their defense, even though it's solid Notre Dame, against a Wake Forest team that gets a lot in transition. So we have an over here. We have it at 13.7%. That equates to a 66% probability of winning. Taking the over with the Demon Deacons and the Fighting Irish, I am staying away from this side. Six and a half. Don't like it. Coming down, let down spot from Wake Forest. Fighting Irish have been playing well lately, getting killed during Jim Beheim game against Syracuse. Came all the way back for that cover in there with a down 20. No interest in the side, but we'll take the over on total. Mike Woodson, back to the NBA. Leave Bloomington. Here comes Wisconsin. Wisconsin's laying four on the road at Indiana. What do you got, Randall? Yeah, I've been against Indiana all year long with Mike Woodson. I like to thank him because I made a ton of money on them. Coming into the season, the idea that they were going to go big in college basketball in 2023-2024 makes no sense. They struggle with their guards. They have the size, but they get run out way too much. They've lost four straight games. Purdue, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Penn State, a shorthanded Penn State team. I'm going with Wisconsin. I know it's Assembly Hall, and I know it's really hard to win there, and we're going to think of the last second shot against Kentucky years ago when they were undefeated. Nobody cares. This Wisconsin team is solid. They've had their own struggles here. They lost four in a row, but they've won two of the last three, including an overtime loss away at Iowa. I think this Wisconsin team is legit. They're great with the metrics. They're top 20 in offense. They're top 50 in defense. They're great on the defensive boards. And A.J. Storr, who came over from St. John's to Wisconsin, is the difference maker. I think they get the win, and I think they continue to put the nail in the Mike Woodson coffin in Bloomington, Indiana. Lay it with the Badgers. BYU, a little love at Kansas. Kansas is laying seven and a half. Which way are you going here, Randall? You know, I get that Kansas is great at home, but aren't we at some point, guys, going to realize that Kevin McCullough not being there is a problem? And Patrick, the rumors are that Kevin McCullough could be done for the year. So as much as Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball, and the Jayhawks have been fantastic, and they've dominated at home, they beat Texas at home, they almost lost to Baylor, but they got that one, Oklahoma State, At some point, there's the law of efforts. And I just think BYU needs this win badly here. They're on the bubble. They shoot the three very well. And they've had some nice road wins. They won that way at West Virginia. They played UCF. They've competed well in road situations here. And I know people think they're overrated, but they're going to be able to score. Kansas is not deep. And the big difference, guys, is BYU has Mark Pope on the sideline, who is also one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. I think it's too much. It's up to seven and a half. 
I'm taking BYU in the points here. I think Kansas, at some point, the fog is magical, but without Kevin McCullough, they are really thin. I think this is a close game. From Austin to Lubbock, guns up. Texas Tech is laying three and a half, hosting Texas. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, rivalry game. I'm taking Texas Tech here. I'm all over Tech. Tech needs this game. They are eight and six, 19 and eight, and they've lost two of their last three. This is a rivalry game against Texas. They won the game on the road, so you're going to get their best effort. I think the Red Raiders sweep the Longhorns here. There's just a lack of consistency with the Longhorns, and they haven't been able to have offense that is consistent across the board. They're not great inside the arc. They rely on the three way too much. And Texas is the worst defense against the three pointer in the big 12, allowing teams 37% from beyond the arc tough to win on the road. You got to give me a reason to take the road team. I know it's a rivalry. I take Texas tech laying the points because I believe in what Grant McCaslin, what Grant McCaslin has done with this Texas tech program, their defense and their three point shooting gets them home and gets the sweep of the Longhorns tonight. Mike Randall, the pac 12. What the hell? Washington State out of the clouds goes to Arizona, beats them straight up, and loses to a 500 Arizona State team. What's happening on the coast here? Yeah, Washington State is tremendous. That was a terrible letdown spot that they had right after that. I think Arizona is a little soft. I think Arizona may be, you know, when they get away from home and they're not scoring as much now when they're home, I think they're very vulnerable. I like this Washington State team a lot with Kyle Smith. They end up playing solid defense inside the arc. They don't turn the ball over, and they're great on the boards. So Washington State, disappointing because they took a step back. That was a bad loss to Arizona State. But I I expect them to sweep these last three regular season games at home against USC, UCLA, and Washington to finish a very impressive 15-5, and 24-7 this year. They'll be in the tournament, and they'll be undervalued because of the West Coast bias. He might play checkers with the kids, but he's always playing chess when handicapping college basketball. He's Mike Randall, FTN. He liked that one. I got a smile. Big guy. That's not that's not very common. That's course, a big victory. FTN. Yeah, it's a big win. W for me. <laughs> at Randall Rant on Twitter. We'll talk to you next week, Randall. Thank you. Always a pleasure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me laugh. Mike Randall, the GOAT. We come back. VEASAN.com's managing editor, Adam Burke, joins the show. Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.